0: What is the purpose of Utopia? Episode 89. <laughs> can pull that off.
1: <laughs> All right, you ready? I'm Clay Lowe.
0: And I'm Sarah Beth Hunt.
1: You're listening to the Havana Cafe Sessions podcast.
0: Where we get together once a week over coffee to talk about the big questions of life.
1: Let's get into the show. So we're talking utopias today and one of the quotes I'll start off right real quick with is that utopia is often a derogatory term aimed at the left when they claim that another world is possible. Now, <laughs> That's
0: probably why I want to talk about it.
1: Yes, absolutely. <laughs> so yes, yeah, so this was a topic that you picked. So what attracted to you to utopias? You
0: know, I saw an article and I, that I could never find. That um, or something has come up in my feed recently that was The Importance of Utopia or something to that right. extent. And it just grabbed me because I was like, oh, this can be something that's important. Actually, yeah, I think it might be. But I hadn't given it any thought. And actually, in my, in my writing, I'm really thinking a lot in my novel, sort of fiction writing, I'm thinking a lot about um, this. Th- so in, in the sort of... Buddhist world there's this idea of the pure land you right. know so there's utopian sort of or like otherworldly kind of places in that world in that world heaven and exactly and then um similar to that is this idea that there's sort of within Tibet or within the Himalayas somewhere there's sort of a hidden and there's sort of realms of worlds and stuff that um, is called um, Shangri-La, we know it. um, Or Shambhala is another word for it. Um, Yeah, so I'm sort of quite interested. I mean, that for me is more about a place where um, wisdom is sort of protected from the crazy, you know, invasion of people who would actually destroy it. So I'm a little bit more playing with that idea in my fiction than... A utopia—that's a world we all go to live in and create a society in. If you see what I mean. Okay, so you're looking at
1: a a whole other plane. So it's not. I'm I'm sure it's not.
0: I'm sure it's not like technically a utopia. The thing that I'm sort of talking about, because. But, but but it just it's sort of one of those things. It just it is
1: it more like but it's still like a utopian idea because I, I yeah think, yeah yeah cause exactly. I think, well, as I was doing some of the reading, um, it looks like it has quite a political orientation, but that's not necessarily the case.
0: Yeah. Um,
1: and the word itself was invented. Is it? By Thomas More. Thomas More. Yeah, that was yeah, it. Yeah. But well, the idea of utopian society has been around since Plato wrote The Republic. Yep. Um, so we'll talk a little bit more about those. But if you can give us an idea of what we mean by utopia to start off with. Or what yeah, is there, was a utopia? Great,
0: there was a great bit about Thomas More, if I can find it in my wonderful notes. So Thomas More wrote Utopia that was first published in Latin in 1517. It means no place in Greek. And he first used that word that he coined to describe an island community with an ideal mode of government. So...
1: So his origin, in terms so, of the utopia of the, word, the word, has exactly. a political orientation towards yes. it, yeah.
0: Yeah, but I think... Um, yeah, what was interesting, I thought, um, for us in this podcast about more and and the idea of utopia, because Repu- in, in Plato's Republic too, there's a sort of disillusionment with... Uh, Athenian democracy mm. that basically required Socrates to drink hemlock and kill himself because he dared to question things that were not okay to question apparently. Yeah. And so within that disillusionment, then he sort of plays student Plato sort of writes the Republic about what would a you know better yeah. society we like
1: now dissect that for me please because he what philosopher yeah, exactly. kings
0: <laughs> yeah yeah yeah
1: and the wit that got me was so philosopher kings and creating this society and then all the philosophy kingy type in their their courts they would go off to the woods oh, yeah, to
0: have yeah, yeah. their
1: wild orgies to create babies but then when you bring them back then those ones the state would take care of the babies and and all the while, I'm thinking, all right, well, one, who gets to decide who's a philosopher king in this society? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, no question. That's <laughs> completely messed up. Yeah. And it's like, well, go on here. But you know, the, thi-
0: uh-huh. the thing that's in that and in Thomas More's Republic is because Thomas More's Republic, this article was saying, was really, he was sort of writing um, in reaction to the Reformation. Yeah. And the idea that. Um, the contemplative life was under attack, that basically the Reformation also brought in this idea that action and like busyness and doing, doing, doing was you know, the idle mind is the devil's workshop or whatever kind of idea and so, and in reaction to that, he really felt like he needed to defend the contemplative life so I thought that was sort of an interesting particularly for this this podcast is like, you know, the value of contemplation within a better world I think s- sat well with me Clay. When, I, I did like that I, <laughs> when
1: I was reading that bit of Thomas Moore's bit was this idea of yeah it was um the world where I can create some com- contemplation which I did. but and I as think, an overall I, concept yeah. I've not been I'm not a big fan. I know you hated the, the topic utopia. when yeah. I
0: you said that yeah good. When I started to
1: I looked at the, the topic itself and you and then I was starting to look for links and then I was just like you know what I fundamentally disagree with the idea. Of, I like. Well, let me rephrase that. If it was possible to have a utopia, then yes. But I. But my t- fundamental disagreement with it is, I think it's not utopia the problem. That's the problem. It's humans, and it's just the nature of humans, and you can yeah. never have a utopia yeah. unless we reengineer what, the human.
0: I think the thing that really struck me about the stuff that I read and like thinking about this more is is the idea that utopia... Because when we're talking utopia, we're always talking like a vision in a creative piece of work because we're not... Or, or we're talking about an well, actual attempt, and therefore, yeah. like then you're talking about a sort of historical event. Yeah. But if you're talking about utopia still in the world of like, can we create a vision? Then when you're still in that creative phase... And you're not sort of forcing it upon someone, as in like Maoist China or Stalin's Soviet Union or et cetera, et cetera.
1: Mm.
0: And there's some good, there's some good um, examples. You know, there's that. Um, well, there was
1: the Twenty Thousand Leagues Under the Sun, uh, Twenty Thousand Leagues Under the Sea. That was a good example of mm,
0: a um, sort of positive,
1: the positive use of utopia. So in order to create that book, Jules Verne's had to imagine.
0: The and I, th- that I think, didn't exist. I think, as a tool, and I think that's what grabbed me initially about the topic and the title of "What Is the Importance of Utopia?" is like the process of creating that vision itself, and like the process of watching that vision or consuming that vision in in literature or in a film or whatever it is, gives you sort of a, a different experience than dystopia. And gives you a a sort of way to talk about what we might want to move towards. So it doesn't have to be something. I think the thing is, it doesn't have to be something that you actually believe you're going to implement exactly as it's envisaged. But that it's like someone there was a quote that was like, it's um, more a direction than a blueprint. And yeah. I think that's a, that was sort of a nice way for me to think about utopia. I say, a, I think if you
1: take that sort of view of it, then that would be a nice way. But that doesn't seem to historically be how utopias are looked at or even present day looked at in that sense. But I like that, that way of thinking if we say, well, what benefit can we get from utopia? Well, it helps us to imagine Well, because
0: all, you know, if you think... Things. Like, um, I think it was Aldous Huxley that wrote this book called The Island that I read. Yeah. And I couldn't find it on the bookshelf. But basically... You know, things like that, like Thomas More's Utopia, like Mm. Plato's Republic. When you're putting, you know, it's not like Plato became a dictator and decided he was going to implement this. If he
1: had his way, that's where he wanted to go. That's the society (laughs) that he wanted to create, but he wasn't able to pull it off.
0: Well, but he didn't even try, really, did Mm. he? He didn't, like, create an army so that he could, like, implement this. So, I mean, I guess what I'm saying is putting something out as a vision whether it's like, and Aldous Huxley's Island is a lot, I mean, being Aldous Huxley, he's also doing a, a total sort of spiritual, yeah, yeah. this like new agey spiritual, world. one island community. And it's, it's a great read and it's sort of crazy too. But I think it's interesting and important to have these visions out in the world that can sort of help us.
1: Like give an example. Think- because all the examples that I can think of, I can only think of the flawed side of the, whatever argument they put forward for a utopia. So give us a positive example of a utopia, which is about having a future vision of what could be possible for human beings, if that's what utopia is meant to be. So this is what, so here's reality is this, but what we could be or aspire to be in this yeah, so, so advanced I think, so or perfect so the island, world
0: is So the island is a good example of this, that, you know, this was a society that was created on this island and it was sort of based on like meditative and like sort of hinduish slash buddhist sort of Mm. philosophy about the you know experiential oneness of humankind and Mm. and nature and blah, blah blah and you know you sort of have a it's it's basically a thought experiment it's like well then how would we educate children and how would we make decisions as a group and i think that whether or not there's i don't think we have to think like is there a utopia is sucks because we can't because there's a flaw to it but more that you look at it in terms of like well what is it trying to say about the direction that we might want to go
1: but that therein lies the problem i think is someone has to choose what that direction is hence why we have all the unstableness that we have in the world today someone has to put forth an idea of what they think that looks like and where I'm talking about the flaw thing is is that someone else is going to have a different idea what utopia has and then we've got conflict so I'll try and bring my vision to what that might be so if we look at what would be education and how would we educate people and what would be the best ideal way of educating but whatever you put forward equally there's going to be someone that'll say well actually Um, and I suppose it comes down to yeah, I think it comes down to then, yeah, who then, how do you, how do you push your vision <laughs> of what society should look like? Now, I do have an answer for this, but we can come to that in the sort of second half. <laughs>
0: I can guess what your answer well, is. Well, I've,
1: I've out, I, I outlined for you my idea yeah, of what yeah, utopia yeah. would be. If I was going to create a utopia, I've, I've outlined um, what would need to happen. But uh, we can share that in the second half. So, utopia... <clears throat> what um give us an example of a utopian society either well if you got an example of one that historically that someone tried to do and then just kind of do you have one of those like an, a historical I mean, example of? i think of well,
0: a, i think the, the, we're talking about two different things here we're talking about a, like utopia as if we're actually trying to implement to. it yeah, yeah. implement it versus well, let me ask
1: you this question then why why utopias why do we want to have a utopia or what's I think, the point I, think of that, I
0: think I think that's the that's the question. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well,
1: that's what I'm asking. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> why do you why do you want this thing? Well, this because
0: because basically it gives us a way of or or an exercise in imagining what our values are and clarifying what our values are and clarifying the direction that we might want to to move towards. So I really liked there was an article um, about. The importance of utopia and and how our world right now is really consumed with dystopia The dystopia is like the thing to consume, so you have just you know environmental disaster, what happens um, post apocalyptic disaster oh, that's what my happens post-apocalyptic. exactly we like have like you know even shows and and stories like I think about homeland that show or or just all kinds of things with governmental dystopias that like that you know basically there's a corrupt and evil government you know and mm. and I think those are very very popular now and for a reason because they're expressing a lot of people's anxieties and and frustrations with what's happening
1: yeah because um, funny six because um when I when we first talked about this about doing this topic last week I thought I initially was thinking of a brave new world as a utopian novel but it's actually a dystopian novel when I started doing my research Mm. but and I think the reason why I was thinking it was a utopia society because what always stuck out in my mind about that novel apart from towards the end the beginning where they were saying the reason that they created decided that they did is they went back and they looked at all the things that created angst and mankind and all the things that we fought and killed each other and stuff like Oh, yeah we got the dishes now um and and so then they tried to create a society to eliminate all those things that cause us um, these problems but i guess it becomes dystopia th- yeah that's
0: right so i think like you're quite right brave new world i feel like it's it, the whole point is that it is a dis- it's a utopia gone wrong basically yeah. right? a utopia that doesn't work
1: yeah and yeah. becomes
0: a dystopia, basically. Well, because
1: you couldn't always, and I think it was the same with socialism in some yeah. aspects and communism in some way. So how do you, so the people who initially set down the rules, how do you yeah. disengage them from the position of power?
0: Yeah, and there was um, a great, there was a great bit about, um, you know, the problem with utopia is that people don't like to be told what to do.
1: Like me. Yeah. Maybe, maybe that's why no, I have a problem I mean, with yeah, 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 <laughs>
0: yeah. No, really. Um,
1: here's one. Here's another one. So think a, in a utopian way is a prime political act. It involves a refusal to be limited by our current obses- obsessions with the here and now in order to focus on the world as it could and should be in order to maximize human flourishing. As a definition of utopia, and I, I think that was from Oscar Wilde. That quote.
0: Okay, you know, there's a book written by the guy who um, always translates for the Dalai Lama, mm. and he was he went to Cambridge. He's he's Tibetan, but he went to Cambridge, and he's he, when he's telling that part of his sort of personal story, it's like you know, it really came home to me how much Western literature and storytelling in general focuses on the the sort of dysfunctional aspects of human nature, right. whereas he comes from a sort of culture and, and place that are trying to maximize human goodness, recognizing that we're not perfect, recognizing that we're not all sort of what they would call enlightened beings or something, but mm. that we are human and that we do have selfish tendencies and we, you know, do have the potential to create real violence and harm and etc. etc. but that you're... Your stories and your visions are always an attempt to explore what could be, could be in a in a positive way, and I think that there's there's something in that that really struck home for me, and I think that that has something to say about utopia. So this this article, um, it's called "Why We Still Need Utopias," written by Thomas Hay. I'll put this all in the show notes. Um, talks about how prominent dystopias are at the moment and he says that you know dystopias as we continue to like consume them to an excessive rate you know whether you're talking about hunger games you know all this kind of stuff he says they first of all the problem with this is that it offers little in the way of solutions just worry so it's just an expression of our like, yeah. anxiety social anxiety and that Secondly, that worry without an outlet, without any sort of offering of a solution, fuels helplessness. And that number three, this tendency of helpless, helplessness in people. Then resort to nihilism right you know that like they just, another one
1: of my favorite words yeah. i like that one and anarchy yeah
0: so you know they, they sort of and there's this tendency to sort of stop asking where we're going because what the it doesn't matter anyway yeah do you know what i mean uh, another Whereas, one of my
1: favorite <laughs>
0: but 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 you laugh about that but actually you you know the whole thing and this is you know our discussion on the facebook group as well that just because there's not one single meaning or purpose for everybody doesn't mean that it's wrong for people to try and find their own individual no, meaning. No, and I, that's, that's where but, you are, isn't it? Yeah,
1: that's the point of existentialism, isn't it? Exactly. Is it isn't one, but that frees you to create your own meaning.
0: That's right. So, yeah. so which is very different than nihilism, where it's yeah. like, you know, just screw everybody, it doesn't matter, you know.
1: But that's true as well, but that is true. But then they're not going the other step to say screw everybody and they're like and well, let me create my own meaning. Right. Which, yeah, so
0: yeah, so it's just sort of a downhill yeah. like yeah. slant. So they,
1: they end the story with that not uh, Yeah, right. Here's okay, the, yeah, here's, yeah, yeah. Here's, the, here's the positive of it actually, since there isn't.
0: Yes. I can yes. create my
1: own. Yeah. So
0: then this guy sort of arguing, um, Thomas Hayes basically saying, it's very difficult actually to think of stories of utopia compared to how many we can think of dystopia. You know, I mean, even in terms of Blade Runner, the next Blade Runner, all yeah. this kind of stuff.
1: But what about religion in terms of
0: heaven? Potentially. But I mean, I think he's talking about kind of sort things. of those sort of sit in our cultural background, but they're not stories hmm. that are told to us and that we can consume and then argue against or think about and consider what is good about it and what's not good about it. And well, what we, we kind
1: of base all of a society on, well, some people do in terms of going to a heaven... And where's a place that I go that, I guess to me would be what utopia would be like, as in there's no, yeah. you know, that everything is yeah. perfect, everything is peaceful, everybody loves everybody. But I think
0: the thing there's about no, the thing about heaven is, although there's qualities of that. It's not utopia in the sense that all of the things that you might have to consider, like how to govern, how to eat, how to... You not have to do any of that. Because, be you're almost, dead, well, no, because you're dead. Because your soul. You're, you're not, not like a, you're a not living... You're dead.
1: Your body's gone, but you're now in a new place in heaven.
0: Right, but I think with, with utopia, not that that's not a utopia, but most of these <laughs> utopias are talking about like how do we heaven deal with Earth. human human issues and yeah, life while issues. we're here on the earth exactly as
1: opposed to in the afterlife when we go to utopia
0: so he argues that that first of all that utopias provide a powerful social critique and he, he actually goes into how Gattaca, you know that film with um, Ian uh, oh, Uma Thurman and, and Ethan Hawke, okay, uh, you know Gattaca
1: no, I don't think I've watched it. Oh, I know the name, man. but I've okay, watched it. Okay, you have yeah. to watch Gattaca. Right.
0: Basically, he was saying that it's been wrongly labeled a dystopia. And actually, he feels like it's a utopia because in that story, space flight is a really positive thing. They've genetically engineered humans to not have disease. But the main character, who's Ethan Hawke's character, is not a genetically like created human. And so he's not allowed to be an astronaut because he's not. So, so there is, so it's, it's a, there, it's bringing out the problems, but it's not a dystopia in the sense that for everyone else, there's a lot of positiveness to this. And it's, but don't you think that's where the dystopia saying,
1: comes from? Because even though, because like dystopias come, like for Brave New World, for instance, the intent was right, positive. Yeah. The intent was, let's, yeah, yeah, yeah. let's you Yeah. Know, we've, destroyed ourselves in fighting all these wars. We don't want to have another nuclear kind of crazy war, so let's reinvent society so we can create it so that we never, ever want to kill each other and fight each other again. And then it's when they do that, and the dystopia bit probably comes with the fact that
0: Something like, doesn't work about it. Well, yeah,
1: like I haven't yeah. been genetically modified, but you have, so now I can't do this thing, but you can. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then you start yeah. getting that dissatisfaction. And I think that's probably my biggest problems with it is someone always doesn't benefit from the utopia. Right. Yeah, yeah, you know? yeah. So even though they start with the greatest of intents, there's somebody in that chain that's going to be disadvantaged.
0: Totally.
1: Um, and so then for me, it's like, well, who gives anyone the right to have somebody else be disadvantaged even though it's supposed to be for the good of all of humanity if you got one person that's disadvantaged in my mind then that's just bad then
0: then then you just need to create a different utopia where no one's disadvantaged that's your utopia
1: and i'll tell you about that in the second half so we'll take a quick break yep
0: thanks for listening to the podcast we really enjoyed bringing you the episodes over the past two years Our goal for 2018 is to grow our audience, our community of contemplators like you, and we would really appreciate your help with this. Now, there's a few things that you as a listener can do that are pretty easy and simple that will really help us out a lot. So if you enjoy the podcast and want it to continue, it would be great if you could share it with a few friends who you think might enjoy listening. Um, going to iTunes and giving us a review so that it boosts us in the algorithms and it can come across other people who might enjoy it. And if you'd like to financially support the podcast, you can go to the contribution section of our website. Thanks, and back to the show.
1: Okay, I I misquoted Oscar Wilde, and I'll have to, in the show notes, we can attribute the quote I read earlier. But here's Oscar Wilde's quote. Um, He said, A map of the world... That does not include utopia is not worth even glancing at, for it leaves out the one country at which humanity is always landing. And when humanity lands there, looks out and seeing a better country, set sail. So progress is the realization of utopias. So I think what Oscar yeah. Wilde is trying to push out is that we, as you're saying, I think, as we keep create the keep create keep creating these visions of what life could be. Bring them to fruition as best that we can, and then
0: it's sort of in my nature. I feel like it's it's what story do you want to tell yourself? Do you want to continue to tell yourself? And not that there's not a place for dystopias, and I love all these, you know, yeah. as as much as the next. But do we want to keep telling ourselves as a society and, and personally? The stories of how messed up and how negative everything is, hmm. or do we want to not also tell the story about the positive side of our nature and what we could be?
1: But a lot of people are in essence. So if we bring this back to its sort of political feeling to it, so I think there's a lot of people out there trying to move towards this utopia of hmm. aversion. So, for instance, you got the whole sort of vegan things like really big now, and you got you know loads of people out there who are are um, evangelizing the vegan lifestyle and every life is important so you shouldn't kill animals and there's no yeah. reason for us to you know, we don't need to anymore we're advances in science to kill animals and keep them how we are so in their mind that's a better version of humanity right one in which we don't have to kill animals or yeah, yeah, for, yeah. for food And they're working towards that. And, of course, there's other people who are, you know, well, how do we make a society that's fair and just for people? Yeah. And, you know, as you said, there's always going to be flaws in that. And I think what Oscar Wilde is getting is that, you know, we get to a place and then we just keep evolving. So get as best as you can and then keep evolving and pushing to the next um, aspect.
0: Yep, yep, yep.
1: And I guess the only, my negative side of that is So, on the positive, and I think wholeheartedly agree with that. that. So, always keep striving and aspiring because we are imperfect. Mm -hmm. But you can always strive and aspire, and that helps you to be a better person that you are, whatever that might mean. The idea of this... Uh, So, my other argument against it is the fact that we can never actually have a utopia, like in the ideal bit, have a sort of perfect world, unless we do re-engineer... (laughs) The human. <laughs> yeah, human. Because it's, totally. us. it's yeah. us that's causing the problem. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: yeah. Mm. And I think it, what, what I sort of noticed about all these utopias is that that is actually a little bit different than the Buddhist sort of free land, sorry, pure land sort of ideal, is that these other utopias are all sort of dictated upon. So mm. there's a, a quote by this guy called... Um, Tobias Jones who says utopia is like A manifesto we would write if no one was Watching if all the rules could be re-wit- rewritten Just by one benevolent Dictator so it's like you're Saying that Utopias are usually Either imposed by one Or a very small group on everybody Else and because not everybody has the same Idea about what a utopia is then that's Suddenly like Dictatorship yeah but Um you know, there, there's sort of the top-down approach, which is almost all of these visions of utopia. Whereas I think my understanding of this sort of Buddhist pure land thing is that you start from within, that you don't create... That the external manifests slowly in response to internal progress. As you, do you know what I mean? So, So, for instance... People. There's two sort of ways of thinking about these kind of values. One is that you have a rule that's like everyone must tell the truth, thou shalt not lie. You know, and that's just like a rule. But if there's no rule, but instead there's a sort of slow understanding within a group of people that of the benefits of telling the truth, and an understanding of what harm lying causes, then that rule doesn't need to be there because there's a sort of deeper commitment to living in a particular shared What if you flip that way. around,
1: though? Why do people lie?
0: Oh, yeah, I mean, do you know what I mean? yeah. So
1: if, if, if we didn't have a condition to where I would have to create, there would be no reason for me to create a lie.
0: You see what I'm saying, though? Like, yeah. there's sort of, can you, like, with utopia, do you impose it or does it manifest slowly over time through the sort of evolution of the human
1: yeah <laughs> you well, know I suspect it it so we've come a long way in our evolution and history and things like that, so you know I guess society from some people's point of view has, has gotten better overall and there's still a lot of flaws in it so but I, I, my idealist side of me is saying that even with all its flaws we've kind of moved on so we don't yeah, we're not going around, you know, doing this Spanish Inquisition and chopping right. people's heads off and stuff yeah. like that, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so we've moved beyond that, and we continue to move beyond that. I mean, now we've got, you know, we have gay marriages and things like that. As you know, whereas before we might have, you know, just a few years back, you know, there weren't that, and then there was yeah, more persecution. Yeah. But we're becoming more open society, so we're continuing that. Although all of the negative sides of that still exist to some degree but overall we're moving in a direction that says i guess would be what would be a utopia the perfect society um, despite our flaws and so yeah i guess it's an iterative process and we keep going Unless you're a conspiracy theorist, we're being manipulated into these sort of spaces for somebody else's yeah. view. Yeah, from and, you, yeah. yeah or, or that again, that we're being manipulated that says, actually, we don't want a utopia, because how, if I'm one of these people in power, how do I benefit from a utopia? I don't benefit from a utopia. Well,
0: well and I'm surprised that we haven't brought up the Matrix yet with the uh, attempt to create the perfect world
1: yeah, well, that a, then was those, rejected
0: it? by the humans.
1: Well, here's that's
0: huge crops yeah. were lost.
1: Well, this leads into what I here's here's my definition. Or, here's if I was creating the okay, if I was the benevolent being,
0: <laughs> yeah, if you were writing the rules, if I was,
1: and then so firstly, I would make this and then I would have to disappear because I can't stay, otherwise, I would be a benevolent dictator and you no longer have freedom. Right, whatever, okay, yeah, so I'd have to, okay. Do it and then disappear. Yeah. Um, so, so I was. So for me, with because I think men people are fundamentally full You'd have to have an abundance of everything. This is my utopia: abundance of everything. So. So almost John Lennon. So there's no possessions, right? So we can't have any possessions. Then that includes like marriage and things like that. So because once you create a possession, then you have something I don't have it and I want it. Then that creates yeah uh, discord. So there's no liking or disliking. Because I was thinking, if I had a neighbor, if we were in the utopia, and and like, but I like this neighbor and like that neighbor. Then again, I would be creating this neighbor would we whatamzing like me and all well, so we have no likes no dislikes uh, no labeling so there's no sexual preferences so you can be gay lesbian doesn't matter you just you know free will and in that sort of space we'd have to have ai robots to because of a lot of the utopia societies that have either been written about or tried to be created somebody still has to turn the tools <laughs> and do the work so there was always right, these workers yeah. and i can't remember who Made this formula, but this was a historical one. It was, you know, you do eight hours of labor, that, so that, eight hours of
0: yeah, yeah. So that was um,
1: a rest. Who said that?
0: Uh, someone Owen. Yeah, I said
1: Robert. Is Robert, it Robert Owen. Uh, no. Yes,
0: Robert Owen. And yeah. you know, he so he's a, a sort of 19th century British guy, but he created New Lanark in right. Scotland. So I've been there to that like town where that, he had the mill, uh, and he was the first. He was one of the first people. People to create school for children instead of sending them to the mills. Right. And yeah, so he was. A, yeah, that was so, his attempt.
1: But so yeah, so there's always. Yeah. So we need these AI robots, so they can do. The, so you don't have to force people to work. And I think that should. And I and I want that kind of AI robots that from that TV series yeah. Humans. If you remember that show, because they look okay. like humans and they're very intelligent. And yeah, so they could do all the stuff that we currently do, frees us up to um, do things, just create stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, the real humans would just be creating things and we can tie into a sort of a super computer that has a, some kind of 3d printing thing so you just whatever you can imagine you can bring into fruition so if you want a souped up supercar, you just imagine it and you have it don't have to worry about buying buying stuff like that and um, food would be tablet based so i don't have to kill any animals and stuff like that here's a that you eat and done and dusted with that and you get all your nutrients and you're not obese because you're not overeating and that kind of stuff. Um, so yeah, we don't we'll have to farm animals on that. Um, what was the other thing? And then you, there'd be no countries, so we don't have to have that division. There'd be no language difference. So we all speak. So there's nothing that distinguishes me from you in that way. No political system, no economic system. And then we would have to engineer out emotions like hate, jealousy, envy, greed, and gluttony. And, that, and just make humans only capable of love and happiness. That's mm. it. That is utopia. I might,
0: I might live in that world. I might say okay to that.
1: But then some people would say, would that not be boring then?
0: I, I would disagree with the tablets. I still want food.
1: Yeah, well, you don't eat it.
0: I know, but I don't eat because I need to.
1: Well, this is it. We need to engineer that out.
0: But what happens to like the joy and pleasure of eating then? You're,
1: but gets your but your love and happiness. You already have right. happiness. And oh, love. okay, yeah. that's true. Yeah. That's true. So yeah, there's yeah. A, yeah right. So don't need no. it. It gives no. you everything that you need. But then you know, so yeah. So if you're a freedom-loving human like me, then you would say, well, that just makes everybody the no. same, and is that just not boring?
0: Well, but you know, I think that this is a sort of thing that's very difficult for us to imagine. This idea that you can live and be yourself and also not be pulled by the your likes and dislikes and that's the sort of meditative path isn't it that's yeah. like equanimity is the is the sort of word for that that you, your sort of feelings about things are equal no matter what happens which means that you're actually free so no matter what happens you're fine
1: and i'm saying do that we engineer that out because i yeah. don't think as a human species we can do that we can meditate and practice yeah, it yeah but yeah just, but that's just us trying to overcome our nature through some other means mm-hmm. as opposed to just engineer it out of our nature altogether. Um,
0: yeah, if you could just zap it, that would be fire. easier. Just,
1: just take it out of our genes so that we don't have it. Then you, yeah. don't, then you won't need to meditate. <laughs> you won't need to do any of that yeah, kind awesome. of stuff because it'll all be gone. Be yeah. taken care of. Yeah, I
0: like it.
1: Yeah, so there, there, there you go. There's, that's, that's what, when I become a, uh, c- can create a world, that would be how yeah, I right. would, would create it. Cool. Who needs Well I guess one, we can have another podcast about, you know, I guess love and happiness and is that all that you need as yeah. a human being? Or do we need variety that and do we need cake. Yeah, do just we need these different things that make us and an coffee, individual? Coffee dude, you can take away
0: <laughs> coffee in our in our yeah, utopia.
1: We wouldn't need it.
0: Shit man, no. Oh, yeah.
1: You just, oh no pop your pill
0: as madeline ashby says your dystopia is someone else's or <laughs> sorry your utopia is someone else's dystopia <laughs>
1: yeah and just by nature of taking the coffee out for you i've created uh-huh. a dystopia hey,
0: so um here's another good quote this is by um howard siegel he says utopianisms function like a microscope isolating and then magnifying aspects of existing non-utopian societies So in other words, it's sort of an exercise in thinking about and reflecting on how things are now. Yeah. And then he says, in its most substantial forms, utopianism remains a provocative means of offering constructive criticism of existing society in order to improve it, not to abandon it. So, you know, that that again, it's the direction. It's a steering mechanism, not an actual implementation mechanism
1: yeah which I like that article you sent through on how utopias uh, shaped the world that was by Tom Hodgkinson I think that was a really good one to read if people want to f- sort of f- kind of mm-hmm. build on the idea that you've just mentioned there which is and this is where that whole reference back to sort of Jules Verne's and what he had to he had to so take away the restraints of the science and all of that but to yeah. create what he wanted to create you know I have a submarine that can go 23 these down, but not bothered by the fact that how do you create the glass that would withstand all that pressure, that sort of thing. But it's that, what could we be?
0: Yeah, and and we haven't talked yet about Elon Musk because he's sort of one of these people in our world now who's a real visionary and sort of wow.
1: Good to say that. And
0: speaking of his... What was it called that he just blasted off into space and sent...
1: Yeah, well, he sent his, one of his Teslas up into yeah, exactly. space, didn't did Did
0: you see the relanding of those two rockets? Yeah, that was
1: pretty cool. It Holy was. moly. Yeah. But I'm, I'm writing a blog post about that very thing at the moment. And, I was, and it was just, again, one of these cautionary tales because he's, you know, he's a guy that's got a lot of money and all that sort of stuff, and that's pretty cool. Um, but the thing about that launch... That he's just done, and I was thinking, well, could, oh, well, you know what sparked me to write it? The thing that sparked me to write is because he's launching two satellites, and he's trying to get permission from the U.S. government, I think. Okay. Um, and it's going to provide broadband to the U.S. and to the rest of the world as well. So, broadband through satellite. But it just made me think about. Here's, it made me think about Terminator for one, because mm. there's a guy that's just really brilliant. I'm just doing stuff because I, the technology, and just see how far I can push technology, and I create something that's not good for humans. But another thing yeah. is he's putting his satellites up, and then he has control of the broadband, and then you know, then suddenly your life kind of sucked into that space and this is just you know it's just like you know it's a guy with vision, yes I get that. But yeah, yeah. what's the downside of that?
0: Yeah, yeah, totally.
1: And it made me think of, and I don't know if you ever watched uh Parks and Recreations. No,
0: but no I know what you're talking about, yeah.
1: Somewhere down in one of the seasons, I can't remember when the season started, it was a company called Grizzle. And Grizzle was kind of like Google, Facebook, Instagram all wrapped into one. So it's social media and technology. But one of the things they would do was mining a lot of everybody's data and giving you th- Doing stuff, manipulating me basically. And I guess the point of my blog post was something that one of the characters named Ben Wyatt says, and it was just, and this is just all of sort of that technology in the Elon Musk bit, was that the internet is no longer optional, so they're putting it up yeah. into space and all that. It's a necessity for everyone. And a person should not have to have an advanced law degree to avoid being taken advantage of by a multi billion dollar company. So you should be upfront about what you're doing and allow people the ability to opt out. Whereas yeah. when I was thinking about those satellites and you put them there, and then you know, then yeah, you just yeah. get sucked into the system, but you never necessarily really have
0: an kind option. of a, an
1: option, and then yeah, totally. all the manipulation that might come through that
0: yeah, yeah, aspect.
1: Yeah. But yeah, so anyway, that's that yeah, was yeah.
0: my. I'm definitely not going to put my hand, my myself, in the hands of Elon Musk. No? But he is sort of interesting in the sense that he's a person who. Unlike a lot of us who are getting sucked into this dystopian like nihilism, this what about that thing, thing he did sucks, to raise Whatever.
1: What is flamethrowers? What was that about?
0: Oh I don't know what it was. You it? didn't see that. No.
1: Well he needed to raise money for another one of his companies so he created a flamethrower. And I'm like, well what possible use could a person want with a flamethrower? Look, there's a gun, there's a flamethrower basically. And he sold like well he sold them all in just a couple of days, raised a lot of money, but I'm thinking One what? What what human would need? What do you need a flamethrower for? Not, yeah. I guess some people say, oh yeah, when I chop down a bunch of trees, I can then, you know, burn anything. But you can just use matches. Why do you need? So now there's all these flamethrowers that are out in the population, which is crazy to me. Why that? Anyway, sorry.
0: No, I know what you mean. (laughs) So I think that um, just
1: because you can do something doesn't mean you should do something. Indeed. Jurassic Park, Malcolm, that character. Yeah, I just yeah. watched that. <laughs> Did you? I yeah. love that. bit. So, yeah, we didn't stop to think about if we should. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, all right, so where are we at with these utopias? What, what's our takeaway?
0: Well, I'm going to end with a quote, which is my takeaway. We need utopian thinking, not because we are intending to produce a perfect world, but because it helps us establish our own values, establish um, a direction in which we're sort of heading
1: yeah okay I can buy that because I think it's, that's uh, the best way to look at that is that uh, exactly what you said there and it's almost just that aspirational thing So just it's just, it...
0: uh, just consuming stories and things that are mm. that are talking about where we want to go not s- just what's wrong with now or what it could be if it was really bad
1: sci-fi and I think the artic- one of the articles that you may have sent through that I found I can't remember and it was talking about science fiction I think it was the one we just I was just mentioned. And the fact that sometimes science fiction gets a, you know, it's a subgenre of mm-hmm. something, but actually that very thing is one of the main tenets of science fiction because they're imagining yeah. the value systems, systems in the future, gadgets all that sort of stuff that makes so good. Yeah. As you say, I think it's totally it's you know through through reading of whatever type of that is imagining what. Be but it's could also, be I think, experience. the way
0: the way that science fiction is written currently, and what kind of science fiction is being consumed, is really relevant. Because they were saying in the 70s there was a lot of really positive science fiction, mm. you know, including Star Trek and stuff. Yeah. Whereas now there's a lot of like really negative dystopian science fiction. So we just sort of need to reflect on that a little bit and sort but of think about what. But you know, that's even what,
1: good, though, doesn't it? Because I think some of the dystopian stuff makes you reflect on what your values actually are or you can see where the excesses of what we're doing can yeah. lead which then makes you reflect upon your yeah, values you know? yeah, so yeah, yeah. You know, if you yeah I, I think yeah. there's a lot to be taken from this yeah, 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 societies yeah, no as well in yeah. the same way that yeah, it makes yeah. you question your own values and is this thing that I'm doing
0: going to lead me in our direction I want to go yeah, so totally. do I
1: need to make some changes baby. And I know all my vegan friends that are trying to convert me into being a vegan are going to now use that... Do ag-
0: they know you? But
1: they're going to use that against me now that I've just said that. They're going to say, oh, well, here's why you should stop eating meat for that very reason that you just said. Think about the consequences all the way to the end of this thing and work your way backwards. Have they met <laughs> you? Well, they have, but I think I've got a couple of them. I've got one that's radically trying to change me, so like he's a real fundamentalist. And then I have one... And she's on a mission to slowly change me into how, how, a vegan.
0: Uh, effective are women at changing men? <laughs> not, not very. Many. Not and, very.
1: And then one who doesn't like being told what to do. Particularly Anna <laughs> one who eats
0: a burger every day for lunch. Yep, and yeah. She's got her work cut out for her. Who
1: loves freedom and he eats mm. meat just because he likes eating meat. I don't eat any other reason other than I like to. Anyway, I'm I'm, I'm digressing. (laughs) All right, (laughs) You know what? We're going to now get a bunch of hate mail now, aren't we? Because of my anti vegan thing. Yeah, we will. There's not that
0: many vegans (laughs) out there.
1: (laughs) (laughs) All right, let's go. Hey,
0: everybody. Thanks for listening to the podcast. We really enjoyed bringing you the episodes over the past two years. We have a goal for 2018 to grow our audience, our contemplate, our community of contemplators like you and we'd really appreciate your help in fact there's a few things that you can do quite easily that would really help us out a lot one is by sharing it with other friends that you think might enjoy listening to the show another is going to iTunes and giving us a review which will boost the algorithm and put the show out in front of more eyes that um, can, people can come across it and you can financially support the show by going to the contribution section of our website Thanks a lot.